The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Redboard Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club, and joining me alongside, as always, the great, the talented, the hardest working person in horse racing, Michelle Yu. Thank you, Billy. No, thank you. Hey, good show today. Uh, we have a very special guest. Her name is Melissa Perrin-Keithy. Yes, say that right? Perrin-Keithy. Perrin-Keithy. And she uh, she runs St. Patrick's Racing Stable, and they have a big emphasis on aftercare. And we're going to talk to her in just a couple of minutes. But before we do that, we know uh, we didn't have a show last week. We were both very busy. Well, we're- we were traveling so much, and it just never coincided when we could both sit down and do it at the same time yeah it just didn't work so we apologize but we're back now but we're back now um and we're better than ever we are back um how was the sale for you um i thought it was good uh we ended up taking home four horses look at you really good considering the the market over there yeah we walked up sometimes to go bid and like literally couldn't even sit down and they were like 400,000. I'm like, we're in book four. We are in book four, people. What is going on? It was rough. I think it was rough for, for what I'll call um, normal people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you've got the money to spend, you were golden. Right. That's what I, I right. said something to uh, to Tom Ryan when I was like, literally like last day of book three. I'm like, what are you doing? Go home. <laughs> yeah. I had a, I had a similar experience. I loved this. Um, I think she was a gun runner Philly and I'm bidding and it's like 150 and one, then 160. They go, I go 170, 80 and it's going back and forth, but really fast. And it's just me and one other person. I don't know who it is. They're inside. Okay. And it gets to like 210 and I'm like, I stretched like I normally, I was like 210. Okay. I'm in. Boom, 220, right over the top. I'm like, that's it. I can't do it anymore. So I'm like, they, the hammer goes down to 220. And I walk around the corner. And who's coming with me with the ticket? Bob Baffert. Oh. His, himself. <laughs> Nobody else, just Bob. And he's like, that's awesome. oh, he goes, well, you were the underbidder? And I was like, yeah. And then I called him a, an ex- expletive. And he goes, oh, I feel terrible about myself now. Right. He just probably to- actually did because he's pretty like genuine. We're like, oh, yeah, he felt terrible. No, 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 no. He didn't feel terrible that he bought the horse. He felt terrible that we were the underbidder. So yeah. that we had the same taste. <laughs> That's funny. That was uh, like two other. I went up for like to bid on two other horses and uh, they both got bought by, you know, Tom Ryan and Donato bought them. Right. And they were in book three. And that's what I told Ryan. Well, they're coming to Baffert, so you'll get to see if they're any good or not. Exactly. Exactly. It was just very frustrating for a couple days. But we ended up with three very nice, very nice horses, and I'm excited about it. So we'll see what happens, um, you know, next summer at Delmar. Can they get there? What did you get? We bought a beautiful Kitten's Joy filly out of book one that is just – she's 
something special. And then we bought this awesome flatter Colt. Um, I really like flatter as a sire. Uh, and he's just, he's so cool. He's just a cool dude. Right. And then, and then we got this, um, uh, we got a blame Philly. Oh, that. Yeah, and she's totally versatile, but like can go burst surfaces. We had such success with Fault a couple years ago. Yeah. And I really think Blame sometimes is underrated. Like he's not the most, you know, commercial sire in the world, but he gets good horses. So I was very excited for the for the like you said, for the sale, how strong it was, and our budget and what our people expect to to try us to try to find value. I thought we did a really good job. Yeah, good, good. That's exciting. Yeah. Really exciting. So, um, all right. Let's. I, I assume that was one of the 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 three things of note. So the first thing to note, certainly, that Keeneland is wrapping up now, and it was record. I mean, with like two or three sessions left, they already broke the record for. I guess you don't call it handle, but right. Uh, you know, total receipts of horses purchased. So it was crazy good for the sellers market. Yep. Um, and kind of like the one a for that is we have more sales coming up. In fact, tomorrow is the Calbred sale over. Well, it's not Calbred technically, but Phasic Tipton, California sale. It's not exclusively Calbred, but it has a vast majority of Calbred. So that will be happening tomorrow. I believe at 11 a.m. is when it starts. And Where is it? It's at, uh, Barrett's at Barrett's. You think it's at 11? It starts at 11 and tagging on the back of it is actually a horses of racing age, like addendum. We talked a little bit about Redham and how he was going to be uh, liquidating or culling some of his racing stock. And there's a good portion of uh, Redham horses in there. So if you're looking yeah. for a horse like ready to run like tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, that's where you want to look. Interesting. Okay, good. Okay. Um, for me, I thought that thing of note number two was certainly the fact that Gunrunner had an absolutely fantastic weekend. I believe he had five graded stakes winners, including Echo Zulu in the Dogwood, Taiba in the Pennsylvania Derby, Society in the Cotillion, um, and then a couple other horses. But those were the the big ones, right? I mean, he chalked up a couple million bucks right there. So I thought that was very cool for him and all those races were excellent as well yeah a lot of interesting races society just took a wire to wire taiba had a had a perfect trip for mike smith wheeled out got handled dirt better this time i thought it was interesting that that baffert came out and said uh you know we know we have to run against flight line but there are other good ones in there too and he t- talked about life is good and obviously epicenter and the it's listen People are saying it's a foregone conclusion that Flightline is going to win the Breeders' Cup Classic. We talked about it uh, before the uh, Pacific Classic about his could he win, and he won by like 700 lengths. <laughs> um, so I think we're going to have some of the same topics, but uh, Gunrunner is certainly special. Yes. I mean, he was a special racehorse, but his offspring have been sensational. And the funny thing is when you look at them as like yearlings, none of them are overly impressive looking yearlings, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I saw some nice ones. Uh, the Not one, nice, but none yeah. of them were just like knock your socks off. Wow, no, they all throw it down on the racetrack. But like, yeah, they don't kind of like they're not particularly large and and right. You know. Like he didn't. They weren't. They're not like the city of lights last year that were these like right. specimens. But then he didn't do much this year in his first crop. So mm-hmm. interesting. But I think he's he'll he'll be okay. I'm sure he'll be okay. okay. What's the point sure. number three, Michelle? So my point number three is just looking forward to this upcoming week. Um, Santa Anita will be opening up uh, for the 
the return to racing, which I'm looking forward to greatly. Before that even kicks off, we do have the Horse Racing Women's Summit at Santa right. Anita on Thursday. Okay. And then, of course, opening day going to be uh, Friday coming up. So I think that that is going to be just fantastic to have racing back um, and looking forward to not only opening day itself, but the stakes races that Can are going to be. Can I just be... read you these real quick? Yeah, go ahead. All right, ready? Saturday, October 1st, Awesome Again, Grade 1, Eddie D, Grade 2, San Anita Sprint Championship, Grade 2, John Henry Turf Championship, Grade 2, City of Hope Mile, Grade 2, Unzip Me Stakes for three-year-old fillies down the hill, Sunday, Zenyatta Stakes, Grade 2, Tokyo City Cup, Chillingsworth Stake, Grade 3, and the Speakeasy. And a lot of these are Breeders' Cup winning your in races, too, and we know the Breeders' Cup is one of our sponsors. Yes, they certainly are. So really looking forward to live racing, getting back here to the Great Race Place. And I believe we have even one day where we have Monday racing. I think it's October 10th is, it is Monday October 10th. racing. Yep, okay, I think good. it is. So uh, that'll be a dollar day as well. So that'll be point point of note number three is that racing return to the Great Race Place. All right. Very good, Michelle. Good points of note. We're going to get on Melissa Perenkithi. 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 We're going to get her right after this. A busy weekend lies ahead for Breeders' Cup, winning your in-action from across the world. The Belmont at the Big A meet hosts the Miss Grillo and the Champagne on October 1st, winning your in for the Juvenile Phillies Turf and the Juvenile, respectively. Then, on Sunday, October 2nd, is the Pilgrim and Frisette, winning your ins for the Juvenile Turf and Juvenile Phillies. Additionally, Churchill Downs' Akak Stakes on October 1st is a winning your in for the big-ass fans' Dirt Mile. Finally, Opening weekend at Santa Anita brings us the Awesome Again Stakes on Saturday, winning your in for the Longines Classic, as well as the Speakeasy Stakes on Sunday, winning your in for the Juvenile Turf Sprint. This is all in addition to a slew of stakes at Longchamp in France, including the prestigious Qatar Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. Qatar Prix l'Arc de Triomphe, winning your in for the Longines Turf. All winners will also receive a $10,000 award to the nominator, entry feed paid by the Breeders' Cup, and a $10,000 travel allowance for all horses stabled outside of Kentucky. Coverage will be across NBC, Fox Sports 2, and FanDuel TV. All right, back here on the Owner's Box, two very special guests. We thought it was going to be one, Michelle, but it's two. It's Melissa Perrin Keithley and her husband, Oliver. They are the uh, the main participants, leaders, uh, president. I don't know what else to say, CEO of uh, St. Patrick's Racing Stable. We're going to find all, all about it, all about aftercare. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. My official title is uh, Big Kahuna, I think is what I'm going by. Oh, oh, I like it. Yeah, Big Kahuna is good. You know, Michelle calls me uh, Big Daddy, so we're very similar in that regard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. No, it's it's our pleasure. Um, and and before we get started, and we're going to find out all about St. Patrick's Racing Stable, but let's talk to Melissa a little bit first. And how how did you get involved in horse racing and horse racing ownership? So I've been um, riding horses since I was five years old, and yesterday was my birthday, and I turned fifty-five. So I've been in horses a long time, and my favorite jockey was Steve Coffin when I was a kid. So I followed horse racing and being from um, the East Coast, we had a lot of great tracks and we watched a lot of sports on TV. So I was always into horses and had a dream to own some racehorses and, you know, here we are. 
Well, that was simple enough. Oliver, what about you? Now, were you into horse racing when you guys got together? Do we want to hear about your story, about how the two of you met at a racetrack or something? Was it a blind date? I, I wish it was that good. Um, but we, we, we met, we worked in a similar place in Portland, Maine, and um, Melissa was really into horses. And I had always loved horses. And you know how it works that, you know, trying to get the girl, you're like, oh, sure, I'll go up and help you groom the horse. I'll help you do this. I'll help you do this. You know? Yeah. You Two months for- later, I bought a giant Belgian draft horse, you know, and I'm out trotting around in the field. So I think I'm cantering. I think I'm cantering. You know? And ever since then, we're, you know, we've just been developed into horses. And then we adopted or uh, uh, rescued some horses and did the, uh, the makeover. Um, because we were just right, and then that kind of got us into, we saw a little insight of, you know, rescuing the horses and moving forward that way. Um, and then we both kind of looked at each other one day and said, why wouldn't we just kind of control the whole process? We can breed them, we'll race them, and then we'll make sure they find great homes afterwards, you know, because the three to five year window that they're racing is such a small section of their life. You know, if you could raise them right at the beginning and then race them and then have the last 15 years be an enjoyable life for them and have them so they're not soured, you know, by the time they get to someone else, it's a great thing. I think, at least it, we think. yeah, that sounds like an amazing thing. Michelle, I know you have a question. Go ahead. For sure. Um, I want to know, Oliver, how you guys decided to get your first actual racing horse. We claimed it. Um at uh, Penn National for four thousand dollars. Nice. And and, M- and was Melissa uh, a part of this, or or was this just on your own? You just like let's go claim the source, Melissa. I feel Melissa's, uh, you know, much more involved than you're leading on. Yeah. Well. Yeah, she's Oliver's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like I am. Oliver's uh, title is director of operations, so he kind of looks to the horses that we're going to claim or. In the breeding pro- program, he looks at the stallions and the mares that we have and does a lot of the, um, you know, statistical uh, snapshots. And then um, when it comes down to the horse, you know, when we agree to claim a horse, which we don't do a lot of claiming anymore, um, occasionally we do, um, you know, then we kind of get into, I like to look at the, the pedigree and see where we're going to go because long-term placement is always my goal you know is this horse going to fit into a polo program is, is this going to fit into our breeding program and then what happens after so um yeah we're, we've been in the uh racing business you know since we decided together we have um done everything together but he's kind of more at the front of the house and i'm at the back of the house when it comes to aftercare and our current like vet care that happens at home but we both work you know outside of the farm but full-time at the farm also and you know we do we're very hands-on we're boutique um owners and breeders you know we're very small when it comes to how many you know horses we have racing at one time Um, we also have a third partner oliver's dad um who is uh 77 years old and he competed with me at the makeover in 2018 on on the very first horse that we claimed oh very cool um so we well, kind of we're we're full full circle operation. It it seems really cool. I I have it. 
it's not always easy to work with family. What are the what are the challenges <laughs> that you guys have found? I'll start with Oliver. Um, having time to not constantly be worried about you know where horses are going and 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 the breeding part and who got nicked up at the barn and sometimes to really carving out time, even though the horses, we love their life, but sometimes I just wish that we had 15 minutes to put on pause so we could just hang out and be together without being, you know, worried about somebody calling us up on the barn or worried about picking a race or whatever. Just spending a little bit more time and with our kids too. You know, our kids have sacrificed a lot of their own time of prior us being at the barn and knowing that it's our passion and we love to do, but they, you know, I wish we had a little bit more, just, we had 30 hours in a day. We'd be golden. Yeah. You know? I yeah. think we all be golden, but, uh, all right. I'm going to ask the same question, Melissa, and then we're going to get back to Michelle. She's got a ton of questions for you guys. So Melissa, what do you find most challenging about working with family? I mean, here you have your, your husband and, and your uh, father-in-law. Um, giving both of them enough attention <laughs> and giving the horses enough hey. attention that it's all balanced. So we all feel like we're an important piece of the program and that, you know, we're all important in the program. And that's at different times in the year, one person's job is a little bigger than the other. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest challenges, keeping it balanced. But I have to say that I wouldn't pick um, two better family members to be in business with because they're pretty great. And, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, look so at but the time, Oliver. I I agree with Oliver. The time that it takes being an owner and hands on, it that's a little shaky sometimes because I always have this grandiose idea that when we're racing, I'm going to wear a new dress and I'm going to get dressed up, <laughs> and I find myself uh, a few hours before still in the same clothes that we loaded the horse with, you know, still with my boots on, wrapping or unwrapping somebody, running up to the steward's office to drop, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. And then I'm like, oh, it's race time, and we're walking the horse out, you know, because we like to walk the horses out with our trainers. And I'm literally looking down, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in the same clothes I was in this morning at 4 a.m. So yes. <laughs> it's, it's those opportunities as owners. You know, we wear a lot of hats, but sometimes I'd like to wear a big, beautiful fascinator. Well, of, you when know, you get to the derby eventually, the you can do that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Michelle has yeah. a question. Michelle. Yes. Uh, so my first question, Melissa, is why did you name your stable St. Patrick's Racing? Um, I am married to an Irishman. And, <laughs> that was easy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And his mom's birthday is on St. Patrick's Day, so we try to incorporate everybody in the family into the business. Oh, that's so great. That was fun. Um, My next question. Yeah, my next question is certainly, I feel like the catalyst for you guys being involved in horse racing was your participation in the Thoroughbred Makeover. So what drew you originally to the makeover? Um, Pure cockiness on my part. I'm thinking, <laughs> of course I could train a horse. Why not? <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and, and I was like, I get a horse, we can get a horse and, you know, and I, and I wasn't even smart enough to go to like 
Delaware or Pennsylvania canter. I had to get my horse from Ohio and drive from Maine <laughs> to pick him up. <laughs> you know, so we, we got him there, and, you know, but that horse was smuggler's hold was a great horse. He was so, now I, you, was, you showed him in polo, right, or competed in polo with him? Yes. Did you do you play polo externally? Is that your sport of choice? I I do. I play at a Boston Polo Club in the winter. Okay. Oh, very cool. Like this is yeah, such excellent. a good story. I you play know, polo. I you love know, polo. It's my favorite. I, 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 Michelle. Nice. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So I I um we plant we purchased a horse from uh, someone that had a horse in aftercare because I was looking for um, a horse actually to take through a warm blood, warm blood inspection process to breed a warm blood for myself for dressage. So it kind of started like that. And once we realized there's so many great horses out there, um, it just felt natural to take and participate in the aftercare program at the RRP. And it was something that both of us could do together in our own disciplines and go and have fun. So we did that. Um, and we've been lucky enough to have a couple opportunities to go back again. Um, so it's one of those things that if we have the right horse and the right amount of time in our lives, we're, we're very supportive of that program. And, and I've seen a lot of um, friends of mine get really nice horses out of the program. Um, in 2018, one of our friends bought a horse out there right off the, you know, at the project and brought him home, brought her home. And she's been spectacular. She's a, a show jumper and a hunter, so she's been fantastic. So we've seen a lot of positive things come out of the program. Go ahead, Michelle. That's great, and we're very big on aftercare here. Billy's the uh, president of Karma, which is the thoroughbred retirement out here in California. So we're we're huge proponents of that. Um, I have a, a question. Since you guys do breed and race your own with this big focus on aftercare, how do you keep track of horses that you had or that you raised if they get claimed or sold? I feel like that's always a really hard task when we're talking about, you know, making sure a horse has a soft landing. I go want me to go, babe, or you want to answer? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. We're just really picky. <laughs> I'd rather say no to someone. I, I don't care if they go, oh, that's a beautiful horse. Here's 10 grand. I'd rather go, yeah, but who's, and let me talk to your vet, and let me talk to where he's going to be at, and let, you know, and if they balk even for a second at that, I'm like, see ya. You know, and more importantly, who, who can you give me for a recommendation that's a horse person that is going to vouch for you that says that you're going to take care of the horse? And if they can't do that or they have trouble doing that or they hesitate, uh, I mean, we're, we're not wealthy by any means, but I would let that 10 grand go in a second. Yeah. You'd rather to take a chance of that being someplace else. That, you know? That's a great, it's a great way of looking at things. And uh, speaking of looking at things, I'm just scrolling through your – I'm not a big Facebook guy, but I'm throwing, scrolling through the St. Patrick's Racing Stable Facebook page where you guys have so much, so many pictures of you and the horses and looking at the horses, and there's so many smiles and there's so much love. Um, I, I just – you can feel it. And even talking to you both, I think um, – and this is obviously a compliment. There, It feels like you're really doing this for the animals. And, Melissa, can you talk a little bit about what might be most rewarding, whether it's with the Racehorse Project or, or just owning and breeding? Sure. Um, 
I think one of the things that we found, uh, number one, there's a, a really um, great group of people when you dive deep into the horse world. And we have we've been really lucky to connect with some really great people, great trainers, you know, some of the cream of the crop of, you know, old school thoroughbred, you know, historians that kind of always educate us. So we're always on the, Oliver and I are on the thirst for knowledge when it comes to meeting people in the industry and we like to dive in. So I think um, one of the things that I love most about it is that there, it, there's a constant flow of good energy and good people. Um, and then we try to take that on the flip side. I found over the last 10 years with the farm and with our horses that we have young people come to us and look at us to, you know, we're helping other people. Like some of the horses that we have had as aftercare horses, you know, there's a few people we've given them to. So they, they can start their lesson program or they can start their, you know, training program and kind of get their kinks out with a horse that they've known since, you know, it's been three weeks old. They've come and they've seen it at the farm and then it went to race and then it came back. So we're trying to learn from the best and then take that knowledge forward to a younger audience. Um, so I think that's, you know, the education and that piece really gives me personally a lot of joy when someone calls and says, you know, I saw so-and-so at a horse show the other day and realized that that was your horse. But more importantly, you know, the family that has the horse still has the horse. And for me, horses have saved my life hundreds of times. Um, they're my emotional grounding rod. And, you know, I can't say any more than that. It's just that amount of energy that a horse gives off and the love that they give off to humans and personally, you know, for my own personal grounding, I can't say any more than that. Other than you, Oliver, you also give me Oh, oh that's here so we nice. go. That's, well, <laughs> you're really throwing it around. I mean, There's so wow. much love on this show. There is. Michelle, I know you have one more question. Yeah, yeah I, I'm so thrilled that you kind of segue me into this with the um, – with the mention of how people, you know, calling and asking you questions. Tell me a little bit about the learning curve for you and Oliver going into horse ownership as far as the racehorse side of it, because now you're talking about, you know, dropping something off at the stewards. I mean, it sounds like you've been doing it forever, but, you know, at one point you just decided, hey, we're going to we're going to get a racehorse. So what was it like and what were the main points that you thought either uh, were challenging to you, even from a horse background, or that su were surprisingly easy? Um, I'm going to let you answer that all. Yeah. <laughs> so would you claim that horse, the $4,000 horse, four months later, we're taking the trainer to court to get money because he overcharged us. Oh. And that would make most owners, first time in, run like hell, you know? And then we met a guy named John Rodriguez, who was a trainer at Parks, an old school guy who started out at Suffolk and, um, and moved down there. And he, he was a friend of a friend, and he taught us the right way, the old school way, to, you know, to treat each other and how horsemen treat each other in the way they should be. Instead of a me, me, me business, it's an us, us, us business, meaning people that are on the backside, we're all working together. We all have 
the same, you know, the same idea. We want, sure, we're competitive, but, you know, we don't want anyone to lose, but we want to win <laughs> in a lot of ways, you know. And, you know, we, we took that and we tried to um, kept that as a model and we just stay away from anyone that we get a bad feeling from that is just strictly business. If there's not an emotional attachment to, or they don't, they're not really showing what they love and it's just going through the motions and getting horses trained and horses out, you know, some of the big operations we, and it's nothing against that. That's the way they, it's a business. And, you know, but for us, it's all, it'll always be more than that. So we surround ourselves with people that are out like that. And if they show that, you know, I mean, the guy who handles our horse now, um, Mario Lopez, is he's run 50 races in his life, even less than that. Wow. But he's young and he's hungry and loves the horses and will call me up and say, this is what's going on with the horse. I thought he was a rider, too. It feels this feels funny. I, I just want to let you know. And this morning when we dropped, we had two-year-olds that were at the farm. I dropped them off yesterday. And today I'm hot walking them around, you know, and, <laughs> you know, it's like, do this, do that. And, you know, he lets us be an active participant. And, you know, it's got to be a, not an immediate family, but it's got to be a whole family, including the grooms, including the trainers, you know, well, including yeah, the riders. Just, it's a different perspective. And we, you know, in the last 10 years or however long Michelle and I have been doing the show, we've had some of the largest owners in the game on this show. And I can tell you personally, and I'm sure Michelle will agree, it's very nice to speak to someone, uh, and to two of you, um, who are into the game for the horses especially um, and have this plan to have aftercare. It's, very, it's, it's, it's almost refreshing. And I, I actually have one more question. And When you see some of these bigger outfits – do you ever dream? I'll ask Melissa first. Do you ever dream to say like, oh, yeah. one day I'd like to have thirty horses and 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 be in triple crown races, or are you like, you know what? I love what we do. So, thirty horses to me is a lot of manure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a That's lot of no cost. Yeah, it's a lot of cost too. And I also like to ride dressage, and I like to go down the center line. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I would for that. But don't, don't let me fool you when, uh, you know, Oliver and I have talked about our dream, obviously, is to go to the Kentucky Derby. And we have never been there as spectators. Oh, really? And we, we may Or will we go? We will not go there until we race there. Oh, yeah. man. Okay. Well, I Even feel. Even in the undercar. It could be an undercard race that day. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, right. even an undercard race. All right, well, we're going to be – I want – okay, we're going to let you guys go. We've taken up longer time than we even uh, imagined we would. But we always, I want to ask both of you one quick question. You don't have to go too in-depth. But now that you've been okay. owner, specifically in racing, and obviously you do it your own way, but what advice would you give to a new owner coming into the game? We'll start with Oliver. I would make – Spend some time and energy at the track, not necessarily on the backside. And and the feeling on the backside and being in there, for me, is the spirit of racing. And if you love being on the backside, it'll be a life-altering decision to get involved in horse racing. If you like seeing the horses in the morning working out, just hanging out, having your coffee, 
the race is great, but that is the true feeling of race, you know? I agree. Uh, Melissa? I would say find some uh, some good mentors in horse racing. And, it, and you don't have to be, you know, 30 years of horses to get into ownership of a racehorse. It, you can be anybody and you can own a racehorse. So I, I would say try and find, go to the, exactly, go to the track, speak to people, find out um, who fits your true calling as a person and, you know, kind of marry up with them or find a mentor and then just learn all you can about racing. And, you know, the other thing I like to do is tell people to pick a stud line or a, a stallion in racing that they really like, the, the attributes about the horse that they like, and do your research. Start following that. Follow the, the sibling, you know, follow the, the offspring that they have, the you know, just kind of do your research. And, you know, right. I'm a huge Tappet fan. So, oh, you and my mom. You know, then, you, then, you learn, then you can learn about racing a little more direct. You know, you kind yep. of focus, and then you you just, you know, your mind just opens up. Oh, I think both yeah, I great a, pieces of uh, advice. Uh, really, really, it, it's been I great speaking. Oh, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead, Melissa. Um. This year we have a tappet that's going to the retired racehorse project. Um, his name is Tapaloop, and uh, he's competing in dressage with um, one of our friends, uh, Luis Atkins. So they'll be there um, in I think it's within ten days, and we're, we're hoping that he does well there. So how do people? How would people follow up on this? Do they go to your Facebook page? Is that the best place? St. Patrick's Racing Stable, or is there a website? Um, we do have a website, but I would say the Facebook page is probably the best okay. um, place to see what we've got building on now. Or, well, you know, it's more. Absolutely, and best of luck with everything you guys have going on. We appreciate you coming on the show today. We appreciate your philosophies and the fact that you make sure that these horses are taken care of. Obviously, Michelle said it's very important to us. Oliver Keithley, Melissa Perrin Keithley, go to their Facebook page and see St. Patrick's Racing Stable. There's a lot of cool things. There's a lot of videos on there about the Retired Racehorse Project. You can check that out. And, guys, just have a great fall. And, and again, thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having us on. Thank you, both. Our pleasure. See you, guys. See you. Have a good day. That is Bye-bye. Melissa Perrin Keithley and Oliver Keithley here in the owner's box. Uh, you want to take a break, Michelle? You want to just keep going? Let's take a break. Lots of excitement coming up at the 2022 Autumn Meet at Santa Anita, which kicks off with a Breeders' Cup Challenge weekend. Ten stakes races on tap. You can also get involved in Showvivor, which is back. $5,000 Showvivor. Play in Santa Anita's free online game. Select one horse a day. Compete for prize money across five different categories. Play for free. That's right, free at SantaAnita.com forward slash contest. Also, get involved with the $14,000 Santa Anita Pick'em, which returns this fall. An online contest mixing popular sports props, including horse racing and football. That's right, football. Offered every Saturday and Sunday for a chance to win $1,000 per contest day. Play for free at SantaAnita.com forward slash contest. Santa Anita's live money challenge schedule for this fall. Compete against the best and win big in Santa Anita's handicapping tournaments. Opening weekend features the $4,000 opening weekend challenge. The estimated prize pool will be over $66,000. 
play on Express Bet or on track to go after a $5,000 bonus. See the full schedule at sananita.com forward slash contests. All right, Michelle, that was, you know, listen, like I said to them, we've had so many people on the show, some of the biggest owners, you know, and Bill Strauss, of course. Um, I always like to mention Bill. Uh, and and it's really nice to get that different perspective and the fact that they're hot walking and the fact that they walked their horses over and the fact that she can never put her, you know, nice clothes on because they don't have time. I, 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 I really like that. I love that. Yeah. Well, you're a true horse person. Like you really get, I mean, you ride your babies and you break them and you, you know, your kids are out there and they're cowboy boots and like you and Ryan are super hands-on. I mean, I love the horses. I go back and I love them and I just, you know, and I, I, but I'm not a horse person like you are. So I, I think sometimes I can, you know, I look at it differently. You know, you get down and dirty. (laughs) I like it. You sound terrible. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> is this you're like, right i do though i mean you're just and you're about to embark on a huge weekend at san Anita. we have this big we I, we talked about it earlier in the show we have the women's uh retreat summit, summit mm-hmm. this week at san Anita, which is really cool tickets probably still maybe available if they want no someone we wants are to jump sold out sold out <clears throat> sold wow, out sold out we have a huge weekend at san Anita coming up with a bunch of breeders cup preps uh keeneland opens next week i know aqueduct at the or the big a what is it Belmont at the Big A. Belmont, no, yeah, no, yes, Belmont at at Aqueduct. Yeah, Belmont at at Aqueduct. And so we got a ton of Breeders' Cup preps that we will cover uh, next week. Um, We will will look at the ones that happened at Santa Anita this weekend, and then next weekend we'll have the ones at Keeneland and the ones at Belmont. And we're we're like a month away from Breeders' Cup, Michelle. I know, it's crazy, right? Insanity. What are we doing? Are we doing like a big preview show? What are we going to do? We should. We should do a big preview show. We should like, but you get mad sometimes when we don't have an owner on, like you think. I know. I know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm going to be in Keeneland from Monday, the 31st on. Okay. Well, I'll be there on the 24th. Oh, wow. So maybe we'll do something live. I have to stay here for that week to do workers at Santa. What if we did like Tuesday night at uh, Breeders' Cup week and we told PTF to do like a live owner's box show and we invited oh, people. That'd be fun. And we talked about horse ownership like off the side and then we did yeah. like a Breeders' Cup preview. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. All right, let's figure that out. All right, special thanks to everybody who listens to this show. You guys make this show possible along with our sponsors from Gainsway and TaylorMade as well as uh, Betmakers and the Great Britain Racing Authority. I always messed that up, didn't I? GBRI. Racing International? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Good job. We we love our sponsors, though. We do. Adelphi, Adelphi, Adelphi. One of those two also that I just... Keenyland or Keeneland. (laughs) Breeders Breeders Coop. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited for Breeders Coop. Are you excited? So excited. Oh, my God. It's going to be awesome. Um, Okay. Uh, That's it for the show today. Special thanks to Melissa Perrin Keithley and Oliver Keithley and my very talented co-host who doesn't feel so good, Michelle Yu. Thank you, Billy. We'll talk soon. Bye.